You are listening to the Cheeky Podcast for Moms with IBD, a safe space where moms with Crohn's and colitis connect, explore powerful tools for healing, and transform our lives to thrive in motherhood and in life. I'm your host, Karen Haley, IBD health coach, integrative wellness enthusiast, and mom to three outstanding kids. After having Crohn's disease for 30 years and working as a health advocate exclusively with IBD clients for the last 10 years, I know it's time to bring the types of candid conversations I have with my clients out into the open. It's our time to go on an IBD healing journey and do it like only a mom can. Let's do this. Well, hey there, my friend. It is wonderful to connect with you again. Aren't podcasts just the best invention since almond flour? I'm sure if you listen to this podcast, you probably listen to, what, at least five or six others, maybe 10 others if you're like me. I am a podcast junkie, and my listening tastes, they're really eclectic. I love cooking breakfast with my news and politics podcasts going on in my ear in the morning. Then there's the motivational and life-affirming podcasts I like to listen to while I work out. And the light and easy podcasts that I tend to listen to when I'm driving in my car. So just the other day, I was driving to my dad's house while smiling and laughing to myself as Amy Poehler was interviewed by Dax Shepard on the Armchair Expert podcast. Maybe you know that one too. I'm sure you remember Amy from SNL and Parks and Rec. She's absolutely hilarious. Amy said something so laugh out loud funny to me, and I thought about sharing it with you as soon as I heard it. And if you're at least 40 like me, you're going to find this particularly funny. So here's what she said. She said, anybody under 30 thinks everybody over 40 is 65. And this was so laugh out loud funny to me because it's exactly what my kids think of me. Like Amy said, stop calling me boomer. (laughs) Sorry, my sons. I am a Gen Xer all the way. It's so funny how our kids see us, isn't it? To them, we're just young or just old. Wait until they reach parenthood and we get to see their kids give them help or stuff like this. I'm going to try not to say I told you so. Anyway, podcasts, to me, they rock, especially during a time when we need connection more than ever. Let's go ahead and connect, shall we? We have a great topic to talk about today soup. You might be thinking that I'm being facetious or sarcastic about this being a great topic, but I'm not. I love talking about the power of gut healing soup. What's your relationship with soup? Everybody has one, whether it's positive or negative. It's funny, sometimes I'll work with clients who absolutely love soup. They'll eat it two or three bowls a day when they're in gut healing mode. And other times I'll hear from a client, no, anything, anything but soup. No soup, please, no soup. I hate soup. So I'm in the love soup category. To me, soup is comfort food. It's memories of my childhood and my mom, her always making us 
homemade chicken soup when we were sick as kids and partly because it was the last thing I fed her before she passed away. And I know that might sound morbid to you, but to me, it's, it's comforting. It's comforting knowing that. So soup, it's my past, it's my present, and my crony world, it will always mean healing, soothing, and comfort to me. I like soup so much that I even, and you can feel free to gasp here, I eat it in the summer. Maybe not as much as in the winter, but I would never say ew or ick if I'm offered it in the summer. It still tastes great to me. I like soup no matter what time of year it is. And if you feel that same way about soup, even if you feel that same way just in the winter, you're going to love this episode. We're breaking down how soup can be your best go-to gut repair food. And we'll do this by examining first the three components that are must-haves for every bowl of soup if you're using it as a gut soother and a gut healer. Then we'll talk about two different methods of making soup depending on if you're using it for gut repair mode or if you're trying to maintain remission. And lastly, I'll tell you how you can get my recipes for the best tasting gut repair soups that use the very ingredients we're talking about today. And by the way, there's both vegetarian and omnivore soups in the mix, so it will suit everyone's taste buds and everyone's dietary needs. Let's go ahead and start with the three components that must be in every bowl you make when it comes to your new gut repair and remission sustaining bestie, soup. Must have component number one is the heart of your soup. It's the ingredient you just cannot skimp on no matter what and it's bone broth or meat stock. Every gut repairing soup starts with high quality bone broth and homemade is best. So we're talking about chicken broth, beef broth, and if you're a vegetarian, I'm talking about high quality homemade vegetable broth. It's really a must for the ultimate in gut healing. And I've talked about broth and meat stock in previous episodes, probably most recently on episode 16, and that was the super popular Seven Healing Gems episode. I will link to that one in the show notes if you want to get more in-depth information on the health benefits of bone broth. But just know that bone broth is a wonderfully rich, nutrient-dense, base for your soup because it has collagen and gelatin in it, which both help heal the mucosal lining of our intestines and then seal the gut if any leakiness is present. Bone broth can also help calm food sensitivities. It can help you grow bacterial balance in your gut. It also helps to decrease inflammation in your entire body and boost your immune system. This is why bone broth is the basic building block of any soup, any soup that you try that's aimed at gut repair. Now, if you're a vegetarian, you can still reap the benefits of a rich homemade vegetable stock. And even if you're not vegetarian, I like this because sometimes it's a great idea to just rotate your stock, right? It gives kind of a different flavor to your soup. So I like it even though I'm not a vegetarian. Vegetable stock is high in vitamins, minerals, antioxidants. One thing I really love about it is that it's alkalizing for your body. 
With IBD, sometimes our bodies tend toward an acidic environment and vegetable broth, it can really help bring our pH back into balance. Now, both vegetable and bone broth stock are hydrating, and that's something we really need, too, when we're healing our digestive system or trying to keep remission going. I'm including a recipe for a meat broth as well as a vegetable broth in your soup recipes in case this is your first foray into homemade stock. I really want you to be able to have all of this important soup-based information so you can get started right away to use soup to heal, but also so that you can just see how easy it is to make this at home. Trust me, it's so much healthier to make it at home than to get the store-bought variety. You can take a couple hours to make a couple batches, and most of that, I know a couple hours that might seem like a lot of time, but most of that is actually while it's cooking and you're just relaxing. You're not doing anything to the stock. It's just taking its time to get the collagen and the gelatin going. Then you can freeze it so you can have it on hand for when it's time to make your soup or to drink the broth straight. What's the second component that's a must when it comes to gut healing soup? It's loads and loads of veggies. The more, the better. And not just any veggies, though. When it comes to IBD repair, we're talking about the veggies that are lower in their carbohydrate load. Not the kind of veggies that are high in carbohydrates that then turn into sugar in your digestive system and keep that bad bacteria in a safe, toasty environment while we suffer. No, no, heck to the no. With gut repair and remission-based soups, we want to stay away from the higher-carb veggies like potatoes, and that would be either the white or the sweet variety, yams, corn, chickpeas. Those are all higher in carbohydrates. And there's loads of lower-carb but super-satisfying veggies you'll want to stock up on when you're making your gut repair and your remission-loving soup. Veggies like spinach and other greens, kale, beet greens, dandelion greens, Swiss chard, plus other veggies like mushrooms, onion, tomato, there's so many, broccoli, asparagus, artichokes, Cauliflower, of course, all the squashes, so that would be butternut, acorn, spaghetti squash, zucchini, yellow squash, and then there's peppers, celery, carrots, leeks, cabbage. So there's tons of lower-carb veggies. And if you're thinking, I can, I can see the wheels turning right now in your head. If you're thinking, she's got to be kidding me. I can't digest any of those. I really feel what you're saying. I feel you because I remember a time when I thought that I couldn't digest those either. What I'm going to ask you to do, though, is hold tight. I want you to hold that thought. I'm going to ask you to just reserve judgment because in just a minute, I'm going to tell you how you can eat those vegetables, even in a flare. I mentioned that these kinds of vegetables, they're lower in carbohydrates, but they aren't low in nutrients. These kinds of low-carb veggies, they have plenty of vitamin A and vitamin C, fiber, potassium, magnesium, and folate, all of the much-needed nutrients for gut healing and repair. And they're all in a form that your body can digest and absorb, and that's huge for busting that flare. I promise I'll get back to how we're going to get all these nutritious veggies in, but stick with me. 
as we round out the must-have components of our soup. I'll get to it. So just to recap, we started out with our must-have soup components with the rich homemade meat or vegetable stock. That was number one. And then we talked about the repair power of vegetables. Lots and lots of veggies. And now we're going to move on to gut repair component number three, the must-have in your gut healing and remission maintaining soup. That is your herbs and spices. Herbs and spices, they might seem like a way to, I don't know, enliven your taste buds or make your vegetables tasty. But the cool thing about herbs is that they actually have medicinal and healing properties. So you can add that little flavor flav to your gut healing soup while you make your digestive system happy as well. I can't tell you how much I love it when that happens. Seriously, I'm over here waving my arms. You can't see me, but I'm waving my arms up and down because I love it when that happens, when taste and health meet. I seriously will do anything, anything to keep my gut happy. But when I get to do that and it tastes good on top of it, I'm so in. There's actually 10 herbs and spices I recommend you keep on hand, either as fresh herbs in a pot in your kitchen or maybe from your garden if you're into the fresh herb variety or in a sacred spot in your kitchen in a small jar if you prefer the dried spice variety. And both are absolutely fine and my spice cabinet is definitely a sacred and well-used spot. I'm there pretty much for every meal. We all can't have that beautiful herb garden sitting on our windowsill year-round, so it's nice to know that the dried spices are available at your local grocery store too. And by the way, if you're using dried spices, just want to give you one little tip about that. I like to give them a little rub in the palm of my hand before adding to the soup pot. This re-releases the flavor of the herb and it ensures that you get a well-flavored soup. So here's your top 10 list of herbs and spices. I gotta say, move over, David Letterman. I bet he never had herbs and spices on his famous top 10 list. So if you have a pen and paper handy, you might wanna go ahead and jot down some notes here. I'm not only going to give you the name of the herb, I'm also gonna share with you the gut ailment that it works best for. Personally, I keep all of these in stock in my kitchen, but it's nice to know which one works for which digestive symptom because then you'll know which one to grab as these different challenges crop up and then you'll be ready to make your gut-loving soup when you don't feel well, right? When Even when you don't feel well and you're in need of gut repair, you'll know which one to grab quickly. Herb or spice number one is ginger. Ginger is great for nausea, gas, bloating, and really just your general digestive needs. Herb or spice number two is turmeric. It's anti-inflammatory, it's full of antioxidants, lowers free radicals in your body, and oxidative damage to our cells. With that active ingredient you might have heard of before, curcumin. Let's talk about our herb or spice number three, and that is cinnamon. Not a lot of people think about cinnamon when they think about making soup, right? It's something you more think about to put in a dessert. But taste-wise, this is really a great ingredient that can help bring out the flavors in a chili or a squash soup. Now, digestively, it will ease nausea and 
your upset stomach. I like to remember this one when it comes to your kids, when they have a stomach bug and they're vomiting. It's definitely been a spice that's helped my kids a time or two. It will stop vomiting in its tracks. Herbal spice number four is basil. Basil is great for gas, abdominal pain, and there's lots of different types of basil too. There's sweet basil, lemon basil, Thai basil, and my favorite because it works for stress reduction, that's holy basil. Let's talk about our herb or spice number five, bay leaves. Bay leaves are great for detoxifying the digestive system. They're also soothing if you have an irritable bowel. And next we have number six, herb or spice number six, and that's cardamom. Cardamom is a little bit different. It's great. It works with that mucus buildup that sometimes we get in our mouth, in our throat, sometimes in our esophagus. You can feel it there when you have active inflammation. Cardamom is really great for that. It's also great for gas, bloating, heartburn. And I just want to mention a quick side note. I have a couple clients who chew the cardamom pods and they get a lot of relief from their heartburn. So I just wanted to throw that out in case that's an issue for you. It definitely has helped their symptoms. So you might want to try that as well. Let's talk about herb or spice number seven. It's rosemary. Rosemary is fantastically balancing for the bacteria in our gut. Number eight is cumin. Cumin is awesomely anti-inflammatory. And then I want to put urban spice nine and ten together because they have the same benefits. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put those together. And those are thyme and oregano. Both are antibacterial as well as antifungal. Two issues that we sometimes deal with when we have Crohn's or colitis. So there you have it. There is your top 10 list of herbs and spices. Definitely keep these on hand for your digestive health and making your gut repair soup. Of course, you won't use them all at once. You won't use them all in one soup, but keep them on hand and then rotate them with your different batches of your gut repair goodness, your soup. Just a couple last notes I want to mention about herbs and spices before we move on. When you buy these at the store, try to buy the highest quality you can afford. Organic is best when it comes to herbs and spices. And standalone spices are preferred instead of spices that are in a mix. Spice manufacturers, they might add additional anti-caking agents to the bottles of the mixed spices. And these just do not work well for our sensitive guts. We don't need that. So try and Buy your spices standalone and then mix them at home. How are things looking in your kitchen when it comes to herbs? Are you ready? Are you stocked with these spices? Now is the perfect time. Now is the time to go ahead and stock up. Make sure that you have these on hand for your super healing soup recipes. Okay, so far we've talked about the three must-have components for any gut healing soup. Quality stock, quality veggies, and quality herbs or spices. When we have these three things, there isn't a gut healing soup that we can't make. But if you're in a flare-up and you feel like you just can't tolerate some of these vegetables, some of the ones I mentioned earlier... That could be a problem for you. What if your intestines are so inflamed that that the idea of anything solid going 
on in there, it just conjures up an image of a fiery inferno inside your gut. The best thing about well-made, nutrient-dense soup, even one with a lot of veggies, is that it can heal and repair your gut just as well as it can help you maintain your IBD remission. It's really amazing that way. It works for both of those. It's all about putting whatever soup you choose in the best digestible and absorbable form for you and where your gut is in that moment. Let's talk about how to best make the soups in your Soups On recipe booklet if you're in a flare, if you're in flare-up mode. So when your disease is active and you're having lots of symptoms, might be abdominal pain, diarrhea, constipation, bloody poops, maybe rectal fissures, hemorrhoids, heartburn, bloating, maybe smelly or frequent gas. There's so many symptoms we can have when we have inflammatory bowel disease, aren't there? But it could also be your non GI symptoms, your non-gut symptoms that oftentimes we get with IBD, and those can creep up on us. So things like arthritis, skin rashes, fatigue, brain fog or anxiety. Sometimes we might get eye inflammation, of course, loss of appetite, mouth sores. And then, of course, with our lovely chronic illness, we know that I know you know as well as I do that there's other symptoms as well. I can't possibly think of all of them. But this gut repair soup is for you if you're having any active disease at all. When we're talking about gut repair soup, there's three important rules to follow. And rule number one is the most important of them. It's making your soup into a form that you can easily digest and easily absorb. And this means that whatever soup we make, we use an immersion blender or a high-speed blender to puree the soup. Pureeing it until it's smooth and creamy. So this puts the soup in an easy-to-digest form. Suddenly, veggies that you thought you couldn't tolerate become tolerable. Greens like spinach fibrous veggies like celery. When we blend these veggies, we break down the fibers, we come up with a smooth and creamy, delicious, soothing soup. And now we can digest and absorb the healing nutrients in this food. And then we can begin to give our digestive system the food it needs to fuel and to repair. How cool is that? I love that. And in your Soups On recipe booklet, you can get it in the show notes or by going to karenhaley.com forward slash soup, K-A-R-Y-N-H-A-L-E-Y.com forward slash soup. You'll see all kinds of delish soups that are good for the health of your digestive system. Every single one of the soups in there is either already in a creamy style soup or it's one that you can easily puree. Pretty much any kind of soup I've encountered over the years, I've been able to put it in a smooth or creamy form while still enjoying the richness of the flavors that are there. Vegetable soup, soup with meat in it like bacon, chicken, beef, all of these soups, they can be pureed when you're in the middle of your initial stages of gut healing. If you've never done this before, I know it might seem different, but I've done this myself with each of the soups in your recipe booklet, and trust me, they taste great, all with nutrients and health factors that you need 
without the difficulty of digesting them. So give your body what it needs to heal with gut-repairing, creamy, soothing soup. For gut repair soup rule number two, I want you to only use ingredients that you tolerate. This might mean scaling back on some of the ingredients, maybe an ingredient or two in a recipe for just a short time until enough healing has taken place. Sometimes the reason we don't tolerate a particular food is the form that it's in, like we were just talking about. When our GI tract is inflamed, we need food to be pre-digested or broken down for us to be able to tolerate it. Now, other times, even with ingredients that are pureed in a soup, it might still bother us. Maybe you have a histamine intolerance and it's causing rashes or itchy, flaky skin. You might need to make your broth differently until that kind of reaction calms down for you when enough healing has taken place. Maybe there's an herb that just doesn't agree with you, like maybe garlic. It gives you too much gas because you're dealing with small intestinal bacterial overgrowth right now. Or maybe you're like me and you just have a true food sensitivity to a vegetable like peppers. And it doesn't matter if the peppers are blended or not, you just don't tolerate the pepper because of the skin on it, even if it's blended. So what I want you to do in cases like that, I want you to skip those ingredients that you don't, you just definitely don't tolerate. Substitute those with another ingredient. So let's take me, for example, with peppers. I always remove the skin. So it's more like a roasted pepper when I put them in soup, and then I can eat them. For you, it might be an herb you don't tolerate, like rosemary. Maybe you're just really sensitive to that particular herb. I want you to start thinking, is there another herb that I could use? Could I substitute something? If it were me and it was rosemary, I would substitute thyme because I find that thyme also gives a really great flavor to soup. And then I, you don't miss the rosemary, you know? No matter which soup recipe you try, if your intestines are irritated and inflamed, chances are there's going to be an ingredient or two that just doesn't work for you. It doesn't mean that you need to scrap the whole idea of broth or veggies altogether. It just means that it's time for some modifications and tweaks. And I know that... I know that this can be an overwhelming task if you've never experimented in this way before, but I also know, I know that you can do it. You can do anything you can set your mind to. It just takes a little bit of practice. My advice, if you don't know what your food sensitivities are yet, because right now it seems like everything bothers you, start with just a really simple soup, one with just a few ingredients. It might be just a vegetable broth with some pureed carrot mixed in. And actually, I have a very simple soup that's similar to this in my Soups on Recipe booklet. So I want you to go ahead and just start there and see how you do. And if you need to pull back on some of the ingredients, then go for it. Go ahead and just pull back. Once some gut healing has taken place, then you can move on and add more ingredients. The gut lining, it has this amazing capacity to quickly heal when we give it the food that it can thrive on. And you never know, foods you thought you'd never be able to eat, they might actually surprise you. I've personally experienced this with countless foods. They didn't work for me one week and then a few weeks later when healing took place, now they worked. It's a beautiful thing. 
Also know, of course, if you get stuck, I'm here to help. I know that this can be a daunting process in the beginning. So reach out and get in touch. Ask if you're having any questions about this at all. You can get in touch with me at hello at KarenHaley.com. K-A-R-Y-N-H-A-L-E-Y. Hello at KarenHaley.com. So when it comes to gut repair soup with our three rules, just to remind you where we're at, we've talked about your number one rule and that's to blend your soup into a smooth and creamy concoction because it's easier to digest and absorb that way. With rule number two, we talked about using only ingredients that you tolerate. All right, lastly, rule number three when it comes to the gut repair soup specifically, when you make it, I want you to make it count. If you're going to all the trouble of making this healing liquid gold, as I like to call it, for your body and you don't feel well, go ahead and just make a double batch and then freeze the second one. The beauty of soups like this is that they freeze beautifully in a leftover container or in mason jars or those silicone molds are great because you can then remove them and then freeze them in smaller portions, whatever works for you. This will involve a little timing on your part. Something that I've seen over and over with clients over my years working with clients when it comes to flares Something that I see is that there's usually a time of day when we feel well and a time of day we feel worse. And I wish I could tell you that there was a predictable pattern here, that it was the same for everyone. Like everyone feels better in the morning or everyone feels worse as the day goes on. But this isn't the case. What I have seen is that many IBD mamas, they have a pattern or a cycle to their own digestive symptoms. You might wake up in the morning and during that time you're often sitting on the toilet. You're on and off the toilet for maybe a couple hours before things kind of clear out and calm down and then you're finding that you feel well for the rest of the day. Or things might flare up for you in the middle of the day and you get really fatigued and you need to rest. For me, when I'm in a flare-up, I always feel amazing in the morning. Before I eat anything, before anything gets into the digestive tract, I feel great. I feel like I could conquer the world. And after eating, then I might feel crappy for the rest of the day. So for me, I know that my best baking and cooking gut healing food time is right when I wake up. Now for you, it might be in the middle of the day or it might be at nighttime. Find your time and make your soup to make it count. Make a double batch or two different soups at once and then freeze one of them. I am all about working smarter and not harder for everything in life. So even if you don't feel up to that double batch, never, ever, ever, whatever you do, never make a single serving of your soup. It takes just as much work to make that full batch. So whatever you do, at least make a full batch, at least one batch. And better still, one last idea here, get your partner. Get your partner in the soup making, into the soup making action. If you don't feel well, it's time for your partner to step up and help a mama out. Remember, when you feel better, I always like to say you'll pour that love back into them. That's your gut repair soup with three simple rules. Done. Okay, let's say that you've moved beyond the healing phase and now you're in remission. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that? 
I want you to dare to dream with me, mom friend, because it can be your reality. So once you're in remission, I want you to stay that way. And it's a tricky balance. I know firsthand, remission, especially in the beginning, it's like walking a tightrope in the cir- in the circus. One false move and splat, you're back to ground zero. Trust me, I have walked the tightrope many, many times. It's precarious and it involves a lot of maintenance and moving parts. It's not the time to take your eye off the prize, as they say. The same gut repair soup you're making to heal your gut can be the same digestive remission soup you use to make sure you stay that way. Because it's full of the same nutrients and the gut healing factors, but this time, you're ready for more. So just like with the, the gut repair soup, with the three rules that we talked about, with remission soup, we have three rules or best practices for you to follow as well. Rule number one, rule number one with maintenance soup. Follow the recipe as it is written. There's no need to puree or blend your veggies. You can keep that you can keep them chunky and hearty. And if you feel really well, you can even keep them keep the veggies like Italians say al dente, so with maybe a bit more bite or a bit more crunch. Of course, if you prefer the smooth and creamy texture, that's perfectly fine too. Just know that when it comes to maintenance, you can branch out with your soup's texture. Rule number two, with the remission soup, the maintenance soup. Now that you're tolerating all the broths, the herbs, the spices, and the vegetables, it's time to start branching out with ingredients that maybe didn't work for you before. I want you to be careful not to go overboard here. I'm not talking about adding sugar or pasta noodles to your soup. I'm talking about still keeping it low carb and low sugar to keep that inflammation down and to keep your immune system and your bacterial balance in check. But start experimenting with some of the things that didn't work for you before. Rule number three, don't get complacent and forget about your maintenance soup. I see this happening all the time. As time goes by and we feel well, we've got kids, we've got responsibilities, we forget about our maintenance. There's lots of work to be done to make sure that we don't flare. And it's easy to forget about these things if you're moving on with life. We forget about those things that actually made your remission possible. So your maintenance soup, it's a huge factor in keeping you feeling healthy. During the early stages of gut repair, during those early stages with the soup, you'll be consuming broth anywhere from one to five times a day. But once your symptoms resolve, it's okay to then back that up a little bit, but not completely. I still have gut healing soup with the ingredients that we've talked about today. I still have that on a regular basis. It's part of my healthy gut maintenance routine. And during times when I don't feel like myself or I feel there's a flare coming on, I hunker back down. I hunker back down with the gut repair soup and I eat it in its flare-up version. Although homemade soup, it isn't a cure-all. I want to definitely say that. I'm not saying that that's the soup cure, right? I'm not saying that. Although it's not a cure-all and there's other healing options that you should definitely be putting in place when you have a flare-up. When you have the gut repairing soup with those quality ingredients we've been talking about today, it can hugely, positively 
impact your healing journey in such a great way. And when it comes to remission, that's truly the most important time to keep those nutrients coming. For those of us with sensitive guts, the the vigilance never stops. Okay, now how are you feeling? Are you ready? Are you ready to start using soup for gut repair or maintenance? Let me help you get started with my Soupsan recipe booklet. I think I mentioned it earlier, but you can get my brand new guide right in the show notes. You can click there or you can get it by going to karenhaley.com forward slash soup. K-A-R-Y-N-H-A-L-E-Y dot com forward slash soup. This recipe guide, it has vegetarian and omnivore soups in it. It's got two different stock recipes, so you can be sure that you have your must-have components all set before you begin. It has several easy-to-make homemade soups that use the gut healing ingredients we've been talking about today. You are going to love it. I really want you to be able to get started on it. So head over to karenhaley.com forward slash soup and it will be yours for free today. Can you tell how much I love talking about soup? I've been waving my hands around this entire episode. I like to talk with my hands when I get excited. I know it's weird, right? I mean, I'm talking about the soup, but the hands, that's probably weird too. Anyway, this episode, it seriously just, it lit me up. I'm ready to have a great day. No matter where you're at on your IBD healing journey, I really hope that you start using soup to help you heal. It can be truly transformative for you. So happy soup making, my friend. Until we chat again, I'm wishing you a cheeky and healthy IBD journey. Be well. Thank you so much for joining me today and for listening to today's episode. When it comes to IBD, I know there's a lot of resources out there and I'm truly honored that you chose the Cheeky Podcast to get your IBD information today. If you found this information helpful, please give us a rating and review. It helps other moms find the podcast and see what we're doing over here to help IBD moms everywhere. And if you feel called to do it, share this podcast with an IBD mom who you know could really use an uplifting message today, because that's what we're all about over here at the Cheeky Podcast. One last thing, if you're still with me, and if you are, you're definitely my kind of gal. We have to get to know each other better. If you're tired of living on the hamster wheel of IBD with all the ups and downs between flares and remission... If you're struggling to get control of your abdominal pain, gas, bloating, diarrhea, and other troubling IBD symptoms, go to my website. It's karenhaley.com, and my mom had to be just a little bit different, spell my name with a Y. So it's K-A-R-Y-N-H-A-L-E-Y.com, and schedule your very own free 30-minute IBD root cause troubleshooting session with me, where... We discuss the challenges you've been having, we set goals to help you move forward, and we talk about how we can work together to help you get your life back. It's a power-packed 30 minutes. You don't have to live in IBD status quo. There's so much that can be done to transform your life so you can thrive in motherhood and thrive with IBD. I've seen my clients walk this path and it gives me so much joy to take that journey with them. My entire coaching practice is run online, so you never have to leave your house and you never have to get out of your jammy or yoga pants for us to work together. You know I'm wearing them too. 
If you're ready to take your first amazing step towards healing, I'm ready to chat with you. Schedule your free 30-minute IBD root cause troubleshooting sesh today at KarenHaley.com. Click on the Work With Me tab and I'll see you soon. It's important to note that the information in this podcast and in this episode is for general information purposes only and not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice. The statements made in the Cheeky Podcast for Moms with IBD, either by me or my guests, is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Before implementing any new treatment protocols, do yourself a favor and consult your physician first. Thank you so much for listening, for being here, for saving this space for us to spend some time together. Until we chat again, I'm wishing you a cheeky and healthy IBD journey.